In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We spoke yesterday about faithfulness unto death. So, one thing actually we need to be faithful in is our spiritual canon, our spiritual rule. Because our spiritual canon determine that we are in the field of the grace of God. And without the grace of God, we cannot achieve anything. If you want to repent without having a spiritual canon, it will be very difficult. If you want to overcome a sin without following a spiritual canon, it will be very difficult. That's why let me start by reading some verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, starting from verse 24. Four verses. St. Paul saying, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize. Run in, a such, in such a way that you may obtain it. So, St. Paul in his mind, how he lived all his life, he actually imagined himself running in a race. In his spiritual life, he's running in, in a race. In order to receive the prize, even at the end of his life, what did he say? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. How many of us, when we speak about spiritual life, you actually live as if you are running a race and you want to be the first one to win the prize. So St. Paul told us, run in, in such a way that you may obtain it at the crown of life. So you need to be in a race in order to get the crown of life. Verse 25, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. In order actually to win the prize, we need to have high self-control, high discipline, commitment. Otherwise, you will not get the prize. If you want to get to go into a very, very famous college, Harvard, for example, or whatever, you need to be very, very disciplined in order to get a high GPA, etc. So you need to be temperate, very disciplined in all things. Now they, in sports, do it to obtain a perishable crown. Crowns that will perish. It's nothing. But we, for an imperishable crown, the crown of eternal life, it's imperishable. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. I know what I am doing. And here comes the importance of the spiritual canon. I know the rules very well. I know the exercises. I know the training that I have go through. I have to go through in order to win. Because if you are not following the right training, the right exercise, how you will win? People, for example, in, in, in any sports, they have to be on a certain diet, on a certain exercise, training program, in order to win. That's why he said, I run thus not with uncertainty. The spiritual canon will give you this certainty, because that's your training. That's the training program. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. I'm not fighting as if I'm beating the air. No, I know what I'm doing. That's what he's saying. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, 
I myself should become disqualified. This passage is very, very important in understanding the importance of the spiritual canon. Spiritual canon will protect you from being lazy. All of us actually, certain times, our, our body tend to be lazy. Why should I wake up early to go to the church? Oh, they say to take communion, you need to attend the gospel. Okay, the gospel is at 9.30. I will go to the church at 9.30. And you forget that church starts at 8 or 7.30 in the morning. But you skip two hours. That's laziness. But if you have spiritual canon and you are temperate in all things, as St. Paul said, and part of this spiritual canon, I will be in the church at 8. They start at 8, I'll be at 8. No one, if you have a class or work, you go two hours after the beginning. So the spiritual canon will protect you from laziness and will protect you from the spiritual moody spirit. What do I mean spiritual moody spirit? Sometimes, you know, I feel, you know, I am spiritually high. I want to pray, go to church fast. Then some days, you know, I'm not interested. So I don't pray, I don't fast, I don't read the Bible, etc. So it depends on my mood. If I'm in high mood, I will pray, I go to church, serve. If I'm in low mood, no, I'm not going to do any of these. This is very dangerous in spiritual life. Because again, your spiritual canon is very important. Yesterday I told you discipline, consistency, and quality. Spiritual count about, about being consistent. About being consistent. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, St. Paul says, If anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Not your own rules, but the rules that set by God. So there are rules set by God. If you want to win the crown of life, be faithful unto this, and I will give you the crown of life. You need to compete according to the rules. This rules is the spiritual canon. Also in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 40, St. Paul says, Let all things be done decently and in order. So you need to have order in your life, a structure in your life. Also, a spiritual canon will help you to grow spiritually. No one actually will grow spiritually if you don't have a spiritual canon. Some people says, you know, I go to church for so many years, but I, I don't feel I'm growing. Well, most probably because you are not following a spiritual canon. Spiritual canon is your nourishment. And without nourishment, you will not grow unless you have if you nourish your, your body, you need to nourish your spirit. One of the beautiful verses when David say, I will fulfill my vows to the, or, or I pay my vows to the Lord day after day. So a spiritual canon is like a commitment toward God. And I need to pay my vows to the Lord day after day. The vow in baptism, I made a vow to be committed to God. And to committed to God means to be in relationship with God. 
if you have a friend and you commit to have a relationship with him, can you stay two months without talking to him? What kind of friendship? Or you propose to somebody and you will engage this person. Can you spend two, three months not talking to her? St. Paul said, I betrothed you to Christ. Well, I betrothed a relationship with Christ. So we need to communicate with him and we need to hear his voice. What are the challenges to spiritual canon? First challenge is being bored. So, boredom. I start praying the Agbaya or I start reading the Bible, but I feel I am bored. Or I go to church, for example, you made a commitment that you will go to church from the beginning. And then after one hour in the church or hour and a half, you are bored. You cannot continue. So how can you overcome this? Boredom mainly for two things, either lack of understanding or lack of discipline. Lack of understanding. If you are praying Psalms and you don't understand what you are saying, so definitely you will get bored. Like for example, if you are watching football and you don't understand the rules of football, you will be very bored after five minutes what they are doing because you don't understand. In the same way, for example, if you are praying the 12 hours of the Agbaya, and then you are praying this psalm by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. We hung our harps on the willows in the midst of for there those who had taken us captive asked of us the words of a song, etc. And you don't understand what's about. I never went to Babylon, so what this song is about, you know, you will feel bored. But if you understand the meaning of the psalm, Babylon is the land of captivity. So land is, Babylon is the land of sin, if I'm captive of sin. And I, or Jerusalem is my relationship with God, Zion. So when I am in the land of captivity, land of sin, I cannot remember my relationship with God. That's why I cannot praise the Lord. That's why I hung the, the, the harps. How can I praise the Lord while I'm in the land of sin? Well, it will make big difference when you understand what you are saying. In the same way in the liturgy, if you understand the liturgy, and thank God now there are many books explaining the liturgy, explaining the Agbayabs, explaining the Psalms, many, many books. Understand, understand, study the liturgy, study the Agbaya. When you read the Bible, understand it, look for a good commentary. Then actually when you understand, you will never get bored. Number two, the lack of discipline. What do I mean a lack of discipline? Some people focus on the destination and then they don't enjoy the, the journey. That's why you get bored. For example, if you are driving from here to Los Angeles, it's a long drive. Actually, maybe it will take 15 or more hours. If you are focusing on the destination when I will arrive, oh, 15 hours will never end. But if you are enjoying the journey itself, every step in the journey, actually, you, you will not get bored. 
because you're enjoying the journey. The same way any activity in the church, if you go to the church, so from the first minute in the church, you are thinking when it will finish, or Good Friday, when Abuna will dismiss us, you know. Then actually every and every now and then you will leave, go outside, go go you are enjoying the journey itself. listening to the reading, try to connect all the reading together and relate it to your own personal life, thinking what message God is sending me today, what's the message I can get from the liturgy, etc. You are enjoying every single minute in the liturgy. At the end of any liturgy, they يقولوا أمين الليل ويا زوك سابت ريكا إيش كان؟ فأول ما نسمع من الليل سابت ما نعرف إحنا خلصنا يعني ده ده عنده فكرة يعني وأنا طفل صغير أنا مش مش مفسر الكلام كله يعني I didn't understand the words very very well. فأنا أعتقد إن الديكونز are upset with Abuna now he finished the the liturgy. هما they want to spend more time in the church. فعلشان كده كنت بسمعها زي إن هما بيقولوا أبونا أمين الليل ويا لسه بدريك لسه بدري أنت مروحنا ليه يعني فأكشلي the person who will enjoy the liturgy هيقول كده لسه بدري no we need to spend more time in the church that's about boredom and there is actually a verse in the Bible about the kingdom of God is taken by force and those who force themselves into it they will take it meaning what you need actually to force yourself even if you feel bored or not interested or you don't want to pray just force yourself it's okay to force yourself if we actually not motivated to go to work we go if you are not motivated to go to college you will go if you don't have desire to study but you force yourself to study because without studying you will fail if you don't go to college you will be fired, and the same for work. So we force ourselves for many, many things because we feel we need it. Do we need our spiritual canon? Definitely we need it. Then you need to force yourself. There is a virtue called the virtue of coercion. You need to force, force yourself. Another problem or يعني, challenge against uh, the spiritual canon, I don't have time. I am busy. But when actually we, if there is a will, there is a way. When we want to do something, we will find a way for it. So if you want to be consistent with your spiritual canon, you will find a way. And you need to develop this skill for your life, not only for a spiritual canon. What skill? Time management. It's very, very important. People who have good time management, their productivity in studying, in work, in spiritual life, in everything is very high. 
Those who do not have the skill of time management, actually their productivity is very low. So don't let circumstances manage your time. You need to be in control of your time. So with time management, you will be able actually to be committed to a spiritual camp. There are many people in the, in the scripture, they were very committed to their spiritual canon. Like David, David was very busy, he was a king, but he said seven times every day, I praise you, Psalm 119 verse 164. So he was committed. Daniel was committed to fasting, part of spiritual canon. We read in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, but Daniel determined, purposed in his heart, not to defile himself with the delicacies of, of the king. Mary and Martha, Mary was committed to the spiritual canon. It is time to pray, not time to serve. There is time to serve and time to pray and to meditate and to sit at the feet of the Lord. So she was committed to spiritual uh, canon. John the Baptist, he actually was very, very disciplined in his life. Can you see what he ate all his life? Locust and wild honey. So he was actually very, very disciplined in his life. With the spiritual canon, you will have also the peace, peace of God, because you will be in the field of the grace of God. And as the Lord said, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world would give, so I give you. And you will be filled with the peace of God. Most of the people now, many, many people suffer from anxiety, stress. But if you have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, regardless of what's going on around you, you will not be suffering from stress or anxiety. Also, the Lord said, Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, because you will be filled. The spiritual canon actually will fill your heart, will make you satisfied, satisfied with your relationship with God. It's like, listen, when you meet your friend and you spend enough time with him, you feel satisfied the same way with Rabbina. Let me read with you the high level of commitment of David the prophet in uh, the Agbeya in the 12th hour Psalm 131 it says Lord remember David and all his meekness how he swore to the Lord he swore made a vow made a commitment and vowed to the God of Jacob saying I will not go into the dwelling of my house or go up to the bed of my couch. I will not give sleep to my eyes, nor slumber to my eyelids, nor rest to my temples, until I find a place for the Lord and a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. Who among us can say this every night? And I will not go into the dwelling of my house. I will not go up to the bed of my couch. I will not give sleep to my eyes, nor slumber to my eyelids, nor rest to my temples, until I finish my prayer, until I finish my canon, 
until I find a place for the Lord in my heart and a dwelling place for the God of Jacob in my mind and in my life. We need to, to be committed. If we are committed in a spiritual canon, then we will grow spiritual. Saturday before Baptism Sunday, we will read in the Gospel of the Liturgy the story of Bartimaeus the blind. He heard that Jesus Christ is passing by. So he starts saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But the Lord passed by him. So the crowd said to Bartimaeus, be quiet. Halas, he will not do anything for you. Be quiet. How he responded to this? He cried louder and louder until the Lord stopped and said, bring him to me. And he told him, what do you want? Only to be healed. So the Lord actually healed him. This story teaches us this high level of commitment and faithfulness in a spiritual canon. Consider what he was saying is that his spiritual canon. Satan told him, be quiet, be quiet. Many times when I want to pray, I want to open my Bible, Satan tell me, be quiet, you're tired, God doesn't love you. How are you going to pray after you committed such sin? God will not listen to you. Be quiet. Be quiet. Can we do like Bartimaeus? When Satan tells me, be quiet, I cry louder and louder until the Lord hears me, until the Lord stops and says to me, what do you want me to do for you? We need to be committed to our spiritual canon. And, and the Lord actually will listen to us. What are the basic elements of the spiritual canon? And of course, you need to discuss it with your spiritual father so he can put you in a certain canon to follow. Number one, there are things are daily, there are things are weekly, there are things are monthly, and so on. So let's go into the daily elements. Number one, the Akbay. You need actually to pray with the Agbay. Agbay is like a school. We'll teach you how to, to pray. The, the Agbay is composed 90% Psalms and Gospel. So it's written by the Holy Spirit. So that is the best teacher to teach you how to pray. Prayer has, has five elements. Supplication, communication, intercession, thanksgiving, and praise. Who among us, when we compose our prayers, we will cover these five elements? Very rare. But the Agbaya cover the five elements of prayer. So prayer is very important by the Agbaya. Maybe you can start by first hour and 12 hour, and maybe two psalms every day, and then you grow more gradually with the guidance of your spiritual father. Many people, when they pray the Agbaya, they say, I prayed. No, as I said, prayer, uh, Agbaya is the school, teach you how to pray. And after you finish Agbaya, at least every day, you need to compose your own prayer, your own psalms, if yeah, I can use this term. And you need actually to put these five elements in your mind, and then you start by praising God, then giving thanks to Him, 
then praying for others, then express your feeling toward him, and then you mention your supplication, your requests from him. And what you read in the Bible can feed your personal prayer. What you, you read in the Bible today actually can help you in composing your personal prayer. Then the Bible. Bible should be on your daily canon. And remember when you read the Bible, read it with your eye, understand it with your mind. It's very important to understand. Then keep it in your heart, reflect on it, meditate on it, and apply it in your life. Read it with your eye, understand it with your mind, keep it in your heart, apply it in your life. If you read the Bible one chapter a day, you will finish the Bible in three years. So, if you are now like 21 and you start reading at the age of six years old, then actually you should have finished the Bible six times by now. Six by three, 18 years old, or, or five, five. So, can you imagine if by now you finish the Bible five times? How the Bible would transform your life because it is the living word of God, it's the breath of God. Also, spiritual books you need actually to read a spiritual book every day, at least three to five pages. But you can read more than this. But get in this discipline to read spiritual books every day. Another thing in the daily routine is the prostration or metanias. And St. Gregory literally it is meet and right to praise you, to glorify you, to confess you, and to worship, to prostrate you. Yani, bardo, now, most of you, if not all of you, you don't have back problems, you're still young, you're still youth. So praise the Lord before and you're getting old and you have back problems and even you cannot make one metania or one prostration. And you can discuss with the one how many metanias you do every day, 5, 10, 15, more, less. Also in the daily canon, self-examination. At the end of the day, ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart and to see how you spend this day. What are the things that you follow the commandment of God and to give thanksgiving to God for these things? And what are the things that you did not obey the law of the Lord and you offer repentance. The Father says, the day in which you don't examine yourself, don't count it among the days of your life. So every day, Agbeya, prayer, uh, compose your own personal prayer, the Holy Scripture, spiritual books, metanyat or prostration, and self-examination. On weekly basis, Liturgy. At least you attend one liturgy a week. And if you can attend on the Lord's day, you should attend. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And it's one of the Ten Commandments. Keep the day of the Lord holy. In Egypt, because it is a non-Christian country, the weekend is Friday, not Sunday. Sunday is a regular day in school and in work. So most of the churches, actually all the churches, they have the main liturgy on Friday. 
But our forefathers said, no, we need to worship in the Lord's day and demanded from the non-Christian government to allow them to go late on Sunday, to go at 10, not 8, in order to attend liturgy in the morning before they go to, to work. Just, I, I want you to understand how our forefathers understood the commandment, keep the Lord's day holy. And they demanded from a non-Christian government to give them this privilege to worship the Lord on the Lord's day. So, please, please, if Sunday don't have anything, that is the day of worship. You can attend other days, especially now in the Great Fast, can attend more than one liturgy. But worship on Sunday is very important. Also, weekly fasting, and all year except during the Holy 50 days, we have fasting on Wednesday and Friday. Many youth, they don't fast. Why? Fasting actually is a sacrifice. You sacrifice your body to the Lord. You participate in the death of the Lord. And you, thus we will participate in His glory. Why? Fast, why Wednesday and Friday? Wednesday is the day in which Judas made the conspiracy. And Friday is the day of crucifixion. So the Lord died for me. And I don't fast on these two days to remember His passion. And we start to negotiate should we eat fish or seafood on Friday and, and, and Wednesday or not. Do you know what, what does it mean that the Lord died for me? The Lord, Lord of Lord, God of Gods, became man and dies to save me. And we, want, we don't want to participate in this sacrifice. So, liturgy, fasting. The third thing is service. If you are a Sunday school servant or if you are a deacon, actually you need to serve either to prepare the lesson or to go to Sunday school or to do visitation or to pray for your class. Everything actually about service. Or you are, as a deacon, if you are a chanter, you need to learn the hymns of the church. If you are a reader, you need to read well and train yourself in reading. So when you go to church, you read clearly. If you are subdeacon, etc. See what's your rank and train yourself for. Also, your tithe. Some people, they pay once a month, some people pay once a year. But let us see what the Bible teaches us. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, St. Paul said, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches in Galish, of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of, of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collection when I come. Can St. Paul just make pledges and when I come, put all your pledges, or once a month? But he said, on the first day of the week. So, when we go to church to pray, we go fasting and also with our offering. That's why Abuna says, remember, O Lord, those who, who have offered you these gifts on those behalf they have been, been offered and by whom they have been offered. You know, with prayer and worship, you're offering. So it's okay to pay it once a month. It's okay. But when you go on Sunday, 
take with you one dollar, five dollar, ten dollar extra. And you know, beside the tithe that you will pay, those who are not working and get allowance, also you need to pay from allowance. Whatever allowance you get from your parents, actually pay from the allowance. And St. Paul said on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, each one of you. So the father cannot say, you know, I, I, I pay the tithe, so خلاص, the wife and the children should not pay anything. No, each one of you, it's part of the worship. It's part of the worship. So every child should take his money, $1.50, whatever, and I go and pay the youth the father, the mother, everyone, I go with my tithe and, and I pay. It's part, it's part of our worship. So on a weekly basis, we said the liturgy, we said the service, fasting and tithe. On a monthly basis, confession. You go actually on a monthly basis or maximum 40 days to meet with your father of confession and uh, examine yourself and offer repentance. But meeting with your father of confession is the last step in the sacrament of repentance and confession. Before this step, you need actually to examine yourself and to take responsibility of your sins. That's number one, taking responsibility. Number two, develop godly sorrow. Number three, make commitment to the Lord that you will never, you will do whatever it takes not to fall in this sin again. Number four, correct the consequences of your sins. Number five, have confidence in the acceptance and the forgiveness of the Lord. Then you go to your father of confession. You have to finish these five steps before going to your father of confession taking responsibility of your sin, developing godly sorrow, vow before the Lord that you will do whatever it takes not to fall in sin again, confidence in the forgiveness and accepting acceptance of the Lord, correcting any result of your sin. And the last point, annual, like fasting, we, we wait for the great fast or the advent from one year to another, St. Mary's Fast, Apostles' Fast, etc. So these are some components of the spiritual canon. And you need to have your canon very clear. Very clear. That's what I'm going to do. And of course, within the canon, there are also more details like fasting, abstinence until what time? Maybe 12 noon or 2 or 3 p.m. So within each element, there are details you need to discuss it with your spiritual father. Again, we need to think about ourselves while in a race, as St. Paul says. I run in such a way to, comp- to, to win the prize. So you need actually to think and to be in this mindset. You are in a race and you win to win this prize. As St. Paul said in athletics, People actually compete and they are temperate in everything to win perishable crown. But we for imperishable crown. Thus, we need to fight. Thus, we need to run. May the Lord help all of us to be committed and faithful in our spiritual canon. Glory be to God.
forever and ever. Amen.